irreverent, entertaining, cool, cool, cool. You're listening to the only radio that matters, BBS Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, only on BBS Talk Radio. This is The Art of Love. I'm your host and a dating expert. Welcome to uh, another wonderful show. I promise you, it is about sensuality. So this show is more for women than men, but I'm sure men will be interested in hearing what my guest has to say when she calls in in a few minutes. And as usual, I'm here on the 36th floor of this lovely building in downtown Los Angeles, here to help you with your dating dilemmas, taking live calls, possibly later. Having guest authors like the one today, Patty Contenta, to talk about sensuality secrets, other dating experts, items in the news, celebrity corner. I still need to get to pink. I missed her last time. Hopefully I'll uh, get to that today. I have something to say about that. And once in a while, I'll let you know what's going on with me. As in, uh, actually this week, I'll tell you, I had quite an interesting week. The other day, I saw a um, Victoria's Secret model. My favorite one, actually, Adriana Lima, the Brazilian girl who says she's still a virgin. And uh, I just happened to be walking down Melrose. And uh, she, um, there she was. She came out of a van. And I thought it was her at first. Then I saw the van had a lot of clothing in it. And I said, okay, they must be doing a shoot. So it was near a boxing gym. I'm going to be looking for, in the Victoria's Secret catalog to see if she's doing some uh, poses in a boxing gym. And that was one interesting thing for the week. And then I had a letter from this guy, and he wrote a book about dating. And I don't know why he wrote, well, I think I know why he wrote to me. And uh, saying he's going to be doing these TV shows and blah, 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 yada, yada. I'm like, okay, so why are you telling me? (laughs) And then he goes, well, and I don't think women should be telling women what men want. So I guess he's not too happy that I'm telling women (laughs) what men want. And so my question is to him, well, how is it that he knows so much what men want? How many men has he dated? And I'm going to assume it's none, so he's basing it solely on his perspective. And what I think is that maybe he shouldn't be telling other people what they should be doing. That's what I think. So I didn't answer him. I have this policy. If someone writes something stupid, I just don't answer. Because otherwise, you're just going to be fighting all the time with everybody. And um, someone else, they wrote me, this hot-looking guy, actually, on MySpace. And he's like... Uh, will you meet me in San Diego? <laughs> and again, that's another stupid email. I don't usually write, but I was in one of those moods. I'm like, all right, let me write back. And I go, do I look like someone that needs to go to San Diego to meet someone? Like, come on. <laughs> Get with it, dude. 
Um, yeah, it's been an interesting week. And then I got another email. What's with all these emails? Um, I had written to the site. They were looking for dating experts to uh, submit their articles. And they said it was a Christian website, but you didn't have to be Christian. And you didn't have to talk about Christian things. And you just have to have good articles. So I'm like, okay. And I submitted my website. And uh, they wrote back anonymously. And they go, wow, you give really great advice. And um, you're very funny. Ha ha. Um, however, <laughs> your Buddhist beliefs clash with Christianity. I'm like, oh, God. It's, like, it's not like I'm espousing Buddhist beliefs in every uh, sentence I give, or even in every article. I rarely do, just because it really rarely even comes up. Um, so it's funny that she, I'm, I'm assuming it's a she, I don't know why, that they found it somehow, somewhere, sometime. Uh, but, you know, Buddhists, not to go into a whole religious thing here, because that's not what it's about, even though it is Sunday. Buddhists believe in karma, and Christians say, as you reap, so shall you sow. So it's not the same thing. <laughs> Basically, the truth is the truth is the truth. Everyone just likes to attach a different name to it, Buddhism, Christianity, Hinduism, whatever. But there's only one truth. Amen. <laughs> oh, I should do a religious show. Okay, so let me tell you about my guest today, who should be calling in shortly. Who just called in? Is she on? No, she didn't. Where is she? <laughs> okay. Um, her name is Patty Contenta, which in Italian means um, content. <laughs> that wasn't difficult. <laughs> content, contenta. And her book is uh, Sensuality Secrets. And guess what? The uh, the website is sensualitysecrets.com. Wasn't that interesting? And um, she has a lot of things to tell women about being sensual. And I always knew there was something missing. And when I heard about her, I realized that's what was missing. A lot of women, they can be sexy or they can be the girl next door. But to be sensual means that you're somewhere in between. So you're not this innocent flower that nobody wants to touch. <laughs> but you're also not this woman that's too sexy that some men might be intimidated by. So you're somewhere in between. And that is sensuality. Hello? 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 Patty. Hey. Yes, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Oh, good. Hi. Hey, it's Patty. <laughs> How are you doing? Very good. Thanks. I, I'm glad the uh, time change didn't mess you up. No, it didn't. It didn't. It, it was actually the snow that messed me up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. A lot of snow here. Yeah. So we have, uh, yeah, you're in Montreal, right? That's right. I know. We, we have two things right. in common. We're both uh, Italian and we're both from Canada. Exactly. I, I know. thought that was very interesting. Uh, yes, we're, we're uh, kindred spirits. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I have to tell you, when I first found out about you, it came at a very opportune time. Because, okay. uh, you know, I'm here in L.A., and as you always hear, there's a lot of beautiful women here. And mm -hmm. I was out at this um, uh, trendy club, and, of course, there's a lot of beautiful women running around. They're all dressed very nicely. They have beautiful hair, the nails, the shoes that some of them even knew how to walk in. <laughs> And, <laughs> and all that, but I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, there's something missing. And I oh. didn't know what it was. And lo and behold, you know, when you're in the flow, things come to you. Two days later, I happen to be listening to the Christian Carter CD that you're on. And there's Patty okay. talking about sensuality. Yes. Oh, my gosh. How interesting. And I said, that's it. That's the missing ingredient. You're right. You're right. Yes. It, is. it really isn't about the clothes necessarily or how, 
your looks per se, but about how you carry all of that can make a huge difference. Exactly. So I've just introduced you. So why don't you give a little bit of your background and then I'll uh, ask you some questions. Uh, okay, so I've been, uh, I'm basically, I've been in the ballroom dance business for approximately 20 years, mm -hmm. during which time uh, I've taught many students and people from all walks of life, of all ages. Uh, I've competed professionally across Canada and the U.S., and I now am, once I retired from competing, I coach and judge internationally. I own my own Arthur Murray Dance Studio here in Montreal, and so spend a lot of time teaching people concepts and things that I've learned through my career. And what's the name of your dance studio in Montreal? Arthur Murray. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So if anybody's in Montreal, they want to stop by for a dance lesson? I think so, sure. <laughs> there are a few. I'm in Laval. I'm in the north of Montreal. There's a few of us here. Okay, great. Laval. And so then how did being a, dance, uh, a dancer uh, lead you into uh, learning about sensuality? Well, it was extremely important. You know, as, as ballroom dancers, you spend, and I spent countless hours in front of full-length mirrors sure. practicing the position of my feet, my legs, my hips, the twist in my waist, the arch of my back, the tilt of my head, mm -hmm. uh, the allure in my gaze, everything that would impress the judges and captivate the audience. Because it was very important to, to look sensual and not sexual. Right. Especially for me, I wasn't the youngest woman on the dance floor, you know, by far. I started my career quite late. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I needed an edge, and my edge was really trying to be like a snake, and what did that mean? So I really learned to twist my body in certain ways that just made me stand out amongst other women. And so, so that's how you encountered then the secrets in your book? Well, that's how I encountered the idea, uh -huh. uh, the concepts, if you will. But it really did take a, a big turning point in my life to actually make a decision on writing this out on paper. And uh, it had to do with men, of course. Of course, <laughs> always. Okay. <laughs> what was that turning and, point? Uh, sorry? What was that turning point? Well, that's it. it. It was actually, it took a few men. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the, the, the first man uh, was, my, was my husband. I was married for five years. And... He had an affair mm. uh, with me. He had an affair. Mm -hmm. if you know, he had an affair. And um, it devastated me. I truly uh, couldn't understand how this could happen to me. I came up from an Italian background. He was Italian. Mm. We were supposed to have a life together, raise children. And this was a huge turning point. I mean, for two years he had an affair. It wow. wasn't just a one-shot thing. And I really lost every sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Wow. And, and I really began to do... Um, I was saddened. I wasn't hurt or angry. I was really, I was hurt. I wasn't angry. I was sad mm -hmm. and really trying to figure out why this could happen to me. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm an intelligent woman. I'm a competitive ballroom dancer. I'm supposed to ooze sensuality. Right, why right. would he go elsewhere? And, and, and why did he? Things. If you don't mind my asking, why did he? Did he tell you? Well, I mean, I think there is, no, he didn't. He didn't tell me specifically. You know, every woman wants to know sure. why. I don't even know if they know why specifically. Uh, I, could, I can give an idea as to why. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really has not, you know, through therapy and learning, it really didn't have anything to do about sex per se, but more about two people were, were in different places. And I was, you know, still in my career and, and leading a strong career, if you will, while he wasn't do, being as successful. And I think that sort of diminished his manhood a little right. bit. I sort of didn't need him, mm -hmm. and, and not that I made him feel bad, but I, I you know, it's, it's a really delicate balance, you know, when it comes to 
to relationships and, and understanding each other's roles. So I think that kind of influenced things, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that time where I was feeling vulnerable, confused, and trying to deal with all my emotions, along comes man number two, and he was uh, really all the right, like all the right things, so I thought, you know, mm. he was great, charming, good-looking, dangerous, Uh-oh. spontaneous, desirable, <laughs> a little dangerous again, magnetic, dangerous came up again, like, wow. I mean, he was... All those things that women are, you tell, you know, every alert button in your body yes. thing, don't go there, don't go there. He's just, you know, great guy for fun, but not for, for long, long term. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but even Many though you times. know this logically, emotionally, yes. you're just feeling so, you can't so help it. yearning to feel loved and helpless that you just go there anyways and do it for all the wrong reasons. But I guess it's sort of a rare remedy that you need. Right. And so I remember going through that with him, and it was a real roller coaster relationship. It was, uh, you know, oh, it was the best thing that could ever happen to him, and then he needed time away because he needed a break because he was confused, and this was like a push and pull kind of relationship oh, back and forth. Yeah. And so he uh, ends up doing the same thing and, and betrays me also. And wow. at that point, I remember really feeling like angry. I was pissed off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember really feeling so angry that I wanted to get even. I turned into a predator. I said, you know what, man, I'm going to do just what you did to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember I couldn't see enough men that I brought in and tossed tossed over when I was done. I mean, literally, I was... (laughs) (laughs) I was really going, doing this kind of thing. But I remember... During that time, it was just more um, that, that anger kind of pushed me in, in every sense of the word, in, in, in my career, in my dancing career. My, um, I, was, I had won my Canadian championship. I started, uh, I was thinking about opening the school. And I actually began to write because I really said, hold on a second. I know this stuff. I know how to be a sensual woman on the dance floor. Why can't I be this way off the dance floor? So I just wanted to merge things together as I was going through these men, I actually started to journal and say, okay, let me see. I do this when I walk into a, on a dance floor. I do this when I stand. I do this when, I, when I'm kind of sitting or this or that. And I started to use this, and lo and behold, it was working. I was attracting a lot of men. Uh-huh. And the, the, the reasoning behind it was a turning point where I was hurt and angry, but ultimately um, something bigger came of that. I realized yeah. the power that I had as a woman. Right, and a lot of women don't know their power. Yeah. Most women like, don't know that. And power. I didn't because they took that a little bit. But I really, once I saw that, I was like, wow, this is this is unbelievable. I can really, uh, I, I felt a lot more confidence now because I said, you know, I could, not that you could have anything that you want, but mm-hmm. it just, you didn't feel so limited or desperate. It felt more like, if I feel it tonight, I'm going to turn it up, turn it on, right. and whatever happens, happens. So you feel like there are options and not felt like I'm stuck with one. I don't know if you understand what I mean. Oh, there, absolutely. But. So then what kind of reactions did you have when you started being more sensual in everyday life? Uh, you know, I mean, men, men just came to me easily. And it wasn't about, you know, where I had to meet them or I had to be in a certain environment. I mean, I, were, I met men everywhere. Like one time I was driving in a car. Yeah, tell uh, me about that because I know you talked about that. And how did you? How the heck did you meet someone while you were driving in a car? 
Well, you know, it was interesting because, you know, at the car, there's red lights and you stop. And right. I, I was listening to music that I really liked. And, you know, and I was being myself. I was dancing in my feet and really enjoying it. And I noticed someone was watching as I was going through this. And he looked at me and he smiled. And, and I did my thing. I looked at him and I kind of tilted my head, kind of shy-like, and then dropped my eyes. And then, you know, did it again, looked a second time. And this time I gave him a little smile. And, you know, a little press of the shoulder. And I, I did some of my body stuff, right? And, uh-huh. and I noticed he was just completely drawn in. And literally, what, as the light was turning green, he rolled down his window and said, you know, I, I want to talk to you. So I'm like, you're serious? <laughs> and he says, yeah. So we're driving, and then I pull over, and he pulled over next to me, and we chatted very quickly, and he gave me his business card, I gave him mine, and that's sort of how that encounter happened. So it, it was strange. Now, it's not saying that this happened all the time, but there yeah. was an opportunity where I just kind of let go and, and went into my feminine and just instead of saying, I don't know this person, what it was going to happen, nothing has to happen beyond just saying hello. Mm-hmm. And then you make that decision, you know, to see how did it feel. If you're not sure, then you give them a call. You can go, you know, it, I think sometimes we get a little frightened as to it means if I say hello, I have to this and this and this. Not right. necessarily. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's get into the meat of the sensuality. What are the three most important things you think women should know about embracing their sexuality? Well, um, I think it's, it's, the first thing is, is appearance, which has to do with your body language, with how you carry with yourself, how you use your, your tone, your voice, because it really represents your confidence. Mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to having a look and not necessarily looks. And it's important that you realize that you're being judged and evaluated all the time by everybody. So you can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. So you want to use, really be aware of that so that you look as sensual and feminine as possible. So that's the appearance. Mm-hmm. The second thing I say is, is presence. And that really has to do with your energy, your spirit. How engaged are you with people? How do you listen to them? How involved are you with them? Because you can become a very contagious person to be around if your energy and your spirit is that way, if you're excited about life, that's mm-hmm. your presence. And the third thing I would say is your personality, and that's what makes you you, your authentic self. You, you know, and, and it's everything. For me, it's my heritage, the food that I love to eat, the hobbies that I do, the books that I read, the places that I go to. That, that makes part of my personality, of what has developed who I am. So I would say it's those three things. They're kind of global, but makes a huge part of what makes me the woman that I am. And okay, so, so every woman takes the time needs to take the time to develop that. Right, right. And so obviously the book is to help women heighten their sensuality. So what can it do for men? Well, what I've noticed with men, which which is interesting, is they actually started to look at women differently, the ones that have read my book. Mm-hmm. At first, they looked at them mostly at a physical aspect, meaning, you know, if, if you know, the, the boobs or whatever, right, you know, whatever right. the usual. they like on the woman, right? Yes, yes. And instead, what, what they noticed was uh, they started to look for details, and that's something that they're not always good at, men. They're, they no. don't always pay attention to details. Women are very detail-oriented, yes. and men not as much. So they started to look at how does she move? How does she use her hands against her body? Uh, you know, how does she look at me with her eyes? How does she sway her body? So, in fact, there was one, guy, one gentleman that, that read my book, and he's a sculptor by trade, mm-hmm. and he said, he, after reading it, he actually thanked me and said, you know, I was struggling because all my sculptures were making the women look too sexual. And I realized that when I start to position their legs differently and, and their backs and their arms, they began to have a more sensual allure to them. Uh-huh. So it actually taught even someone like him how to look at women differently. Right. 
And, you know, you, right. men- you it, mentioned... It a little bit almost more hope. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you mentioned the walk. So what do you think is the biggest mistake that women make when they walk, especially in high heels? Uh, oh, gosh. And the biggest mistake. I mean, the first of all, the walk has to be learned on a lower heel before you put heels. I love heels. I mean, mm-hmm. if I could exercise in heels, I would. Yeah, me <laughs> you too. Know, like, I mean, I think they give an, an, a great leg, they push your butt up a little bit, give a side arc to the back, you know, it, it's beautiful what the actual silhouette that it gives on a woman. However, yeah. when you can't walk in them, you just destroy the silhouette. And ultimately, there's several things that you need to look at. So before you put on a heel, you need to understand how to walk. And one of those things is, you know, you have to understand that your posture and how you stand, that you have to be straight aligned, just as, as a, at a basic level. Is your weight over your whole foot? Are you leaning forward so that your head and your chest is, is headed forward when you walk? Or are you straight and being moved by your pelvis? And, and it's an interesting concept, moving by your pelvis, meaning if you were to just stand up straight, if anybody would even try this, and they stand up mm-hmm. straight, and they lift their chest by pressing down on their shoulder blades, and they actually walk forward as if there was a string that was being pulled from their belly button, they would lead from their hips when they're walking instead of leading from their chest to their head. That's mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very subtle difference, but it's huge because... We don't realize how just that forward lean changes our whole air. Oh, it does. So it does. So yeah, if you absolutely. walk leaning from your hips, you're sort of it'll feel like you're leaning back, but it slows you down a little bit and presents your upper body a little bit more um, as if it's being exposed in a, in a more beautiful way. Yeah. Mine is. Uh, you know, it's interesting with the walk. Isn't wearing heels and it was wearing running shoes and he said that one of the things that attracted him to me was my walk uh fortunately really apparently i have a nice walk even in running shoes (laughs) even in running shoes that's great and it is that the heels just enhance it but it's got to be there right at the abc basic level that's great yeah so then what i thought was interesting when you mentioned uh rubbing your fingers uh, along your neck or your collarbone that sounds very sexy and i never thought to do it so go into a little bit of that yeah, well, I use. I believe that women need to be very comfortable with touching themselves. And one of the things that I always did in ballroom dancing was um, was learning how to touch myself so that I looked sensual. So what does that mean? It can sound very sexual, but in fact it is not. Uh, if you just, for example, uh, when you're sitting across a gentleman uh, or standing in line waiting for coffee, for example, I've met men that way also, instead of just standing there, um, if you take your hand and you, specifically your middle finger because it is the longest one in your hand and you gently mm-hmm. you know, caress, you start from your forehead and you follow your hairline and you gently caress your, your forehead and following your hairline right to behind your ear and then when you get to the lower end of your head right down to your neck there's a beautiful curve there that you might want to rest your hand against all the way down to you end at your collarbone and then just gently caress your collarbone. Mm. And then when your head is tilted to do that and you just smile, there's something that's very innocent and very open about that and just welcomes a man into into your conversation or into your gaze instead of leading with your forehead, you know. So just that comfort level of touching your neck and your collarbone and which makes you sort of tilt your head and that you're comfortable with that. It just sort of draws a man in. Says, "What did you just do?" I'm not quite sure. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think kind of look and what's that about? <laughs> women don't generally touch themselves in public, if you know what I mean. You know. I'm yeah, just... and and 
it, it's weird because for me, touching myself could mean even rubbing my shoulder, you know, just because let's say my shoulder, my, I've had men offer a massage because I'm rubbing my neck or my shoulder. Mm. That's touching myself. Yeah. You know, I, if, I, if I'm standing in line and I'm doing one of my stances, I touch my thigh or my hip bone, you know, because I'm, I like the way my thigh feels. That's what I mean by touching yourself. It just means caressing and feeling good with your body and your skin. So it could be your thigh, it could be your hip bone, it could be your shoulder, your neck, your collarbone, your lower back. I've done lower back, which forces me to arch and kind of press my chest forward when I do that, and that creates a nice little silhouette again. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by touching yourself. It's a caress. It's a feel-good. And it really does tell a man that she's comfortable in her own skin, and that's what's alluring and attractive. Right. uncomfortable and tight. And <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to tell you, I, um, I've i always loved dance, and I finally started taking dance lessons about two years ago. They're not really dance lessons. I just take a dance class at my gym. And uh, okay, it's, it's a combination of, like, you know, uh, salsa and, um, I was, I'm going to say mango, mambo. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, great. you're always touching yourself. So it's always, okay, touch yourself, touch yourself. And I got into this habit, and I, all of a sudden I felt like I was becoming, like, more sexual because Every time I went to dance class, I had to, like, touch myself. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. oh, my God, what's happening to me? I blame the dance class. Oh, you blame the dance class. <laughs> it's a great thing to blame the dance yes. class for. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It's a good thing it to is. have. So it mm-hmm. just really makes you aware that, yeah, you have to touch yourself. And people never do. because they comfort. It really does. It shows an ease and a comfort about you. But you're not afraid of that. I'll share with you a story. Uh-huh. Um, I, I did this, you know, how you know i believe the the opportunity to meet men are everywhere and most recently i met a man on a plane ride mm-hmm. uh, and he was sitting next to me and and we started uh, a conversation and i was going through my thing and i was being very uh very open to him and very present and having great conversation mm-hmm. and, and once again doing my whole tilting of the head and caressing my collarbone and and even rubbing my shoulder. And then the next thing you know, within about less than an hour of this conversation, we were so engaged that he felt comfortable enough, because I was so comfortable Uh and open, to actually take my hand because he wanted to look at my hand and caress it. And then from that point, I can't even remember how it all happened, but he was just literally in a very beautiful, um, sensual and loving way caressing my hand and my arm, and we were talking for the whole five hours because it was from L.A. to Montreal. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable while he was caressing my hand. And we were so open, and, and it wasn't, although there was a slight sexual tension, I, you know, I, sure. I can't deny that, but there was still, <laughs> there was still a, a, a real openness to try to learn about each other and, and just trying to understand him as a man, me as a woman, and sharing, because I, I did have a purpose in mind. You know, I really wanted to know, okay, this is great. I know I can attract anybody, but who are you really as a man? What, what are you made of? So I, did a, I don't lose track of the type of man that I want to have in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because I'm attracting you and you can touch me, but that's enough. It takes more than that. I mean, sure. that's a nice little plus. <laughs> <laughs> it takes Absolutely. more than that. And uh, he's actually someone that I'm seeing, and he's wonderful. Wow. I'm going to be like that he's an absolutely wonderful person. And if I hadn't been open and compassionate and non-judgmental and fearful, uh, I may have never met this person. Wow. So you say that because of your sensuality techniques, you were able to uh, attract him and have him feel comfortable in holding your hand, et cetera, et cetera. 
Well, that is what that that is the let's say the basic uh-huh. idea because I know that I could attract. I think the difference also was the whole idea of me understanding my purpose as a woman, uh, and this is something that I've learned through going through several men, if you will. <laughs> yes. But now, now I realize that you know my purpose as a woman is to use my feminine energy, my body language, and compassion to really inspire and invite a man to connect with your heart and his heart. You know, all while cherishing your values and your needs. Because they don't, you know, men, male energy is about focus, drive. Mm-hmm. They have things that they need to do. They're yes. not necessarily completely connected to their heart. Right. That's where a woman steps in. Yes. That's where sensuality steps in. We invite them to their hearts because they need to take a moment to stop and smell the flowers. And this is how what we represent. We don't re- always represent drive. It doesn't mean we shouldn't have drive. Mm-hmm. It just means we know how to turn it off. At times. Right. When you come home to him, you should turn it off. Yeah. You know, yes, learn how to do that. And so the beauty that we have is, is when we're aware of our body language and our sensuality, then it becomes a, a, a complete magnet to him. You know, he doesn't need someone telling him how to do something. He needs an invitation to experience life. That's what we are there for. I, I love that definition you gave that what your purpose as a woman is. I hadn't quite heard it put that way, but I think that's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It took, it took a little time of, of trying and understanding and finally and reading and reading books and really what it all meant for me and that's what it meant. So at this point, every man I met, even though I've been hurt and betrayed, it, it I just realized that, you know what, we're all trying to get it right. right. We are. We're we all making are. mistakes. We don't know what we're doing at times. No, we don't. So have to <laughs> oh, you might mess up. But just as long as you stay on track, it doesn't mean he could treat you badly by all means. No. It's not right. a an invitation to accept less from him. It's to accept a lot from him. Understand that you're worth a lot. But at the same time, this is the type of woman that I have, and I will enjoy my experience with you, but but don't mess with me either. Yeah, well, I think as, as you're more feminine, then that inspires the man to be more masculine. Yes, yes. And to be all those things the man's supposed to be that sometimes he isn't. Mm. <laughs> but that's a talk for another time. Uh, (laughs) so okay then you also mentioned about your voice so uh, can you give me an example of the way your voice should sound when you're speaking to a man um your voice has to come more from your diaphragm uh, so that it's a little deeper calmer a little slower Mm -hmm. if if you you know if i start to change my tone and i go up here and i'm a little tighter and tenser and i'm a little overly excited it doesn't mean that you can't be that way but it can be a little annoying because Mm -hmm. my pitch is a little high (laughs) Well, I prepared to taking a deep breath, breathing from your diaphragm, and just speaking from that lower voice, almost like a deep whisper, mm. but yet with clarity, you know, and, and that just sounds more soothing. Right. So it, it's funny that you mentioned... have fun and get excited, right? It just means that there, there's ways that, you could, that I could, you could use your voice to kind of soothe. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, I was going to say it's interesting because, you know, we have the election going on here and uh, Hillary Clinton is, of course, campaigning. And I hear all the men complaining that during her speeches, she's got this shrill, shrieking voice as she's yelling. You know, she maybe needs to speak to you. (laughs) You know, it's funny. You're right in the sense of, you know, I even had to learn, you know, I started to develop nodes in my throat because through teaching, I was talking a lot. And I needed to really learn how to reuse my breathing and my diaphragm so that I could, one, you know, save my vocal cords, and, and two, you know, have a more, um, 
a sound that was more voluminous, if you will, without it being too high, mm-hmm. and it saved my vocal cords. So yeah, you're right because if, if you if you scream or you yell loudly or you try to speak from your nose and too nasally, you're actually hurting your vocal cords. Number one, and it doesn't sound as pleasing. You're right. It it um, and, and it, men actually, automatically turn you off. Yeah, you yeah. Have good to say. It might be very important, but they're shutting you down. Yeah, they don't hear a thing you say once you start yelling. Yeah. Yeah, that's why if I'm in an argument or I have something important to say, I never yell. I just speak very low like this, and I go, well, here's my yeah. opinion. This is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> right on, sister. <laughs> hey, us Italians, we, we know how to do it, right, Patty? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Now, the woman was definitely in charge in an Italian household. You, you watched and you learned. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So now when a woman is talking to a man, they're making small talk. How can she make him feel like no one else in the room matters? Um, I really is, I mean, your eyes are, are, you know, they really are the root to your soul, So, and, and it helps you be very present. So, one, using your voice, as we've discussed. Sure. Two, even using your body language to keep him with you. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you need to constantly invite a man, so you have to use everything. So it is your tone of voice, it is how you use your body, so that, you know, when you are listening in, for example, if you're face to face with him, if you lean in and, and your your forehead is forward and you're stand, you know, leaning on against your elbows, he'll listen, but more fearfully because it almost feels like an attack as compared to sit back, lean back, mm. you know, touch yourself in a loving way, caress, smile, keep your eyes with his so that he stays engaged, and then ask questions, check in with him. Does he hear? Does he understand what you're saying? You know, yeah, you think. Using your words to just say, so do you, do you understand what I mean? You know what I'm saying about this. This is how I feel about that. What do you think? And then still be always inviting and open because they will tell you a lot. The moment they feel that there's a wall that comes up or a slight that they're being judged, that's one of the things that always comes up with me. Is I hate the feeling of being judged by a woman. And mm. the moment I do, I clam up, I tighten up, I close down, and I don't want to go in. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's great. So if you have open body language, you show that you're open to accepting who he is and hearing what he has to say. Yeah, and and yeah, exactly. Because you know, like I said, we're all kind of trying to get it right, and he may say something that even when he says something that doesn't agree with you. Yeah. Because you know, they're, they're even they often with, do. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what? If you cringe, and it's hard for you not to cringe as a woman, because there's something like, I can't believe you just said that. Right. But at the same time, you know what? They are different than we are. And if we keep cringing and keep putting up that wall, they will not allow themselves to show their vulnerability. And it's when they can show that, can we actually talk at the same level? And also, when, no. when a man is comfortable being vulnerable with you, that's when he's able to fall in love with you also. Yes. <laughs> now, since you uh, since you've written the book, are there any other things that you've learned that you'd like to share? That was the biggest thing that that since I've written the book was exactly that was the fact that at the beginning it was more about just picking up men, and then it turned more into there's more to it than just picking up men and flirting. Mm-hmm. This is about embracing who I am as a woman and my purpose as a woman. And so when I use my, my techniques for flirting or attracting with my underlining purpose, it was more magical and more powerful and more empowering to me. And so, 
you know, and I realized that I could choose that, that it was it was such a wonderful gift that you know that that I gave that I shared with some people, some men in a very loving way. So it just changed the whole the reason behind why I did it because I understood the the, the bigger power and impact of it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it really helped me with my feminine essence more, not just attract, but there's an essence about me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in this day and age, women have lost touch with their femininity because they are independent, they're making their own money, and they're forced to be men for a large part of the day. Like at work, you have to be a man. Even if you're a woman, when you're driving, you have to be in your man state. Everything, and, everything. It's unbelievable how every decision you make all day long is much more in your male. Yeah. So it's not easy to... Sh- I mean, I really feel blessed because I was a ballroom dancer and that that helped me stay in touch with that, truly. Because even though... I mean, I was driving and trying to attain Canadian Championship and working and da da da. My dancing allowed me for moments at a time to be into my body and my movement. Right. You know, much more, which helps me stay in my feminine. And then doing this research that I'd done helped me that much more. But we all need as women, what does it mean to, to be in our sensuality? And we, we may need to take up hobbies and like dancing, like cooking, like tasting, <laughs> wine tasting, um, anything, you know, getting getting massage, learning yeah. how to give massages, anything like that to help us stay much more into our bodies and our feelings instead of lessening in our heads because we, we do that every minute of every day. Yeah, I know. I used to be in the Army, the Canadian Army. <laughs> really? Unbelievable. But, but you know what, Patty? Wow. I always had a little makeup case on, on, the, on the seat next to me. <laughs> You did good for you. So that was that's what helped you. Your makeup. Just say, you know what? I'm still a woman. That's right. I'm still gonna get up. Wow. I, I'm wearing amazing. combat boots and a uniform, but I'm still putting my lipstick on. Good for you, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to take our listeners through a technique? Yes. Okay. So, um, I could do I could do sitting. Um, if they're sitting down, I could talk about sitting, I could talk about standing. Let's do the standing standing. one, because a lot of times we're standing around, we don't know how to stand. Okay, perfect. So, there's a difference between the way a woman stands and a man stands. If you think about a man, I'm going to try to describe this as I tell you this. They usually stand with their feet a little bit apart, Mm -hmm. well, quite quite a bit apart. Their pelvis a little bit forward, and their hands, if you can picture your hands kind of leaning against, uh... Their, their their thighs and fingers kind of pointing towards their, their jewels a little bit, you know. They're kind of apart and showing what they're made of. Chest is out, hands pointing towards their jewels, feet apart, because that makes them look strong, dominant, and like leader-like, mm-hmm. if you will. A woman is the opposite. She doesn't want to expose. She wants to invite and entice and indulge. So if you think about um, ballet, it's called third position ballet. If you take your right foot on the instep of the left foot, Mm-hmm. So you actually place the heel of the right foot on the instep of the left foot so that your thighs are nice and tight together. So there's absolutely no space between your legs. Mm-hmm. Now, at that moment when you're standing there, if you actually bend your right knee, which is the leg that's in front, if you bend it forward, keep your left knee straight, you'll notice that you'll fit into your left hip a little bit. I don't know if you're trying this. Which I'm sitting right. down. <laughs> I can't do it right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm actually standing up as I'm doing this so that okay. I really make sure I don't miss a thing. <laughs> so if you stand up and you bend your right knee and you keep your left knee straight, you will settle into the left hip a little bit, which gives you more of a curve. So your silhouette of the left side will, with your hip out, will make your waist look a little smaller. And if you actually try and press your knee forward a little bit more, 
it'll actually give a second curve of the right leg because by bringing your knee forward, it curves the right side a little bit more. So you have a, your lower body looking a little bit more like an, like an S or hourglass. Mm. So your feet are nice and tight together. Your knee is bent forward, pressed forward. It's allowing your left hip to stick out and your right hip to come down that much more. Mm-hmm. So that's just standing there this way. Now, if you press down on your shoulder blade, so that it kind of creates, instead of lifting your chest, I often say, think about your back, because someone's looking from you from behind also. Mm-hmm. So if you press your shoulder blades down, it automatically raises your chest up and kind of makes them feel like they're sort of uh, perched a little bit, which is a beautiful thing. <laughs> so... You have your shoulder blades down as your chest is lifted, and your arms, instead of just hanging by your side kind of lifelessly, if you just press them against your thighs and sort of your, press your elbows back a little bit more, it'll emphasize the arch of your back a little bit and your chest, and then once again, you're comfortable with touching yourself, so mm. that's first stance with your hands on your thighs. So when I'm waiting in line for the coffee, this is how I stand. That's stance number one, if you will. Okay. And then there's a few more after that that I could take you through. But that's the first basic one. I never stand with my legs apart. I try, not with my legs apart, I do. But once again, if I do, I'm always settling into a hip so that I always have a curve in my body. It's never straight. It's all about creating angles in your body, which makes you look more interesting than just straight on. Now, that just reminded me of something. When we were talking about the walk, do you remember uh, when Paris Hilton walked out of jail? Do you remember that walk? Oh, gosh. No, I didn't, honestly. Oh, you didn't, didn't see it? it? Oh, I thought the whole <laughs> world had seen it. I'm a Canadian. It. I didn't watch it. Sorry. <laughs> you don't care. No, because she was leaning back, and she looked like she was on a catwalk. And, and everybody, there you go. Everybody commented on the walk. They did. And what were they saying, that it was a good thing? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was t- totally unexpected. You thought she would just walk out naturally, but no, she looked like she was doing a fashion show. Yeah. Well, she, you know, she, she's a high-profile individual that needs to always look her best. She understands that. Yeah. So, you know, if she came out of jail, that wasn't going to change her confidence. And even if inside she may have been feeling scared, she had to fake it. She stepped into that automatic body position that makes her, at least if she's not feeling it inside, makes her look like she is. And I had to do that many times. I had to fake it way often before I really felt it. Yeah. You know, I really believe that sensuality is something that you do need to feel from the inside out, but I strongly believe that it needs to be learned from the outside in. So and then once, and you begin to believe that after a while, while you put yourself in these positions and, and you practice your walk and how to stand, you know, things start to happen to you. People start to look and notice you, and your confidence does go up when that happens. It's only natural. Wow, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, so I know you have pictures in your book. Um, are you ever going? Are you are you going to do a video, Patty? I think you should do a video. I am. I'm in the process oh, of putting a video together because uh, it is one of the things that a lot of people have been asking me for. Right. So um, after I'm going away to Argentina for one week, nice. do some wonderful tango dancing, and when I get back, I'm setting all that up so that I do have a, a DVD ready so that people can actually see it visually what it is that I do. And are you do you, are you a fan of uh, Dancing with the Stars? Oh yeah, I, I'm usually running around working and doing the same thing, so I don't always get a chance to watch it. But now and again, I do, and I think it's a, it's been great for our business. Oh yeah, and it's just supposed to show you, even for men, it's been unbelievable. I think the biggest change has been seeing men walk into the studio and now feeling okay with wanting to learn to dance because you have football players and boxers and, mm-hmm. and you know that. 
you would think have no core, like are big and they can't really, don't have the flexibility in their bodies to dance, but when they learn and they go out there and they try this stuff, they look great. And it's so charming and wonderful to see a man that can actually go across the floor, take a woman, and lead her through some of these steps. It's, it's what every woman wants. Mm-hmm. A man that can dance and literally invite her to dance and say, don't worry, I'm taking care of you now. We want men to lead on the dance floor and to lead in life. Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, tell people how they can get in touch with you if they have more questions. They can uh, reach me uh, on my website or through email, patty, P-A-T-T-Y, at sensualitysecrets.com. That would be the, the best way to reach me. If they have any questions or want more information, uh, I'll answer emails. Okay, and then otherwise, uh, the website is sensualitysecrets.com. Yes, it is. All right, well, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. It was such a pleasure to finally talk to you. Yes. Thank you for writing this book, and uh, if you're going to be in L.A., let me know. I want to get together for coffee or something. Absolutely. If I do come down, I will give you a shot, and we can uh, compare notes. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, take care. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you so much, Lucia. Bye. 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 Okay, that was Patty Contenta with her book, Sensuality Secrets. We're going to take a little break so I can practice my sensuality secrets. (laughs) And we'll be back shortly. So don't go away. Okay, welcome back. I practice my sensuality secrets. Now I'm more sensual. (laughs) So if you want to call in on the few remaining moments on the program, the number is 818-602-4498. That's 818-602-4498. If you need any help with your uh, dating or relationship questions. And if you'd like to advertise on The Art of Love, you can write to me, Lucia, at theartoflove.com. Dot net. That's L-U-C-I-A at theartoflove.net. Okay, now we're going to do, finally, Celebrity Corner. Celebrity Corner. Like my bumper? <laughs> I said my bumper. Okay, so Pink is divorcing her husband. And let me read this. Pop star Pink is applying for divorce from her husband, Carrie Hart, after two years of marriage. Uh, they have separated, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is the part I don't get. This decision was made by the best of friends with a huge amount of love and respect for one another. Right, sure. <laughs> if they have a huge amount of love and respect for one another, they are divorcing. Why? I mean, why do they always have to put this spin on? We know they're not the best of friends. Everybody wants to be married to their best friend. So if you're married to your best friend, why, why would you divorce them? 
I have a problem with the publicist. <laughs> so he says, while the marriage is over, the friendship has never been stronger. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. You know what I heard? <laughs> I don't know how true this is. I heard that uh, Carrie Hart has a girlfriend and that Pink has a girlfriend. Yes, that's what I heard. And I actually met her a few years ago because I used to do photography, uh, specializing in concert photography. And I photographed her when she was singing that song by Lady Marmalade. Uh, what's it called? Lady Marmalade, that's the name of the song. No, that's the name of the group. I don't know. Duh, I'm having a blonde moment. Anyways, you know, it goes gitchy, gitchy, something, something, something. <laughs> so they were uh, playing Wango Tango and I photographed her and Christina Aguilera and uh, Maya and little Kim. And uh, then I met her at a club shortly thereafter, and she seemed like a really nice and sweet, uh, innocent girl, actually, believe it or not. I know that her image isn't exactly that, but one-on-one, um, offstage, she seemed really um, a different person. And I was supposed to get those pictures to her, but it never happened. So obviously, I'm sorry that they're divorcing, but you know, I think what happens a lot, and obviously I'm not privy to all the information regarding their divorce, I'm not their lawyer, but... With these celebrity marriages and divorces, people don't make marriage the priority. And um, if you don't make the relationship your priority, then it's not going to work. Because you're going to be focusing on your career. Your partner is going to be focusing on their career. That's their priority. And it's more like, okay, well, I'll see you when I'll see you. Well, we're social animals. We need to see the person we love. We, we want to talk to them, touch them, have sex with them, hopefully. <laughs> and we don't want it to happen once a month. That's not going to work. And after going on like that for a while where you don't see each other and you miss each other so much, at some point you just, you got to reach out or you don't have to, but you want to reach out to someone else. And you're obviously going to reach out to someone that's there, not to someone that's halfway around the world. So a lot of times you see the celebrity divorces, this is the reason because they're not there. You have to be there. Uh, I heard that certain celebrities had uh, rules where they would not go more than two weeks without seeing each other, which is a good rule, or that when one of the celebrities was working, the other one wasn't. And that's obviously a good, another good way to do it if you can be selfless enough to do that. But if you're so focused on your career, then you may not want to turn down what you think is a golden opportunity. So I feel that the um, celebrities will continue to divorce if they don't make their a career a priority the other other choice is to marry someone that's not a celebrity. Just marry a, a regular everyday person. <laughs> because there's a lot of great people that are not celebrities. And, you know, in fact, most people aren't celebrities, as you know. I know a lot of great guys, great girls. They're hot. They're intelligent. They got things going. They just happen to not be famous. But they would definitely make a great partner. So if there's any celebrities listening, try to go for the normal person. And I know... It's not usually what's done, but that's what I would do. If I was a celebrity, when I'm more of a celebrity, <laughs> I, I, I really, actually, I, don't, I wouldn't even want to date a celebrity. I want to just get a normal person. So that's my take. That's my celebrity corner. All right, there's a few minutes left. My engineer abandoned me. <laughs> Help. Okay, again, I, what's the point of giving the phone number? I can't answer if someone answers the phone, I mean, calls on the phone, whatever. And it's hot in here, to quote Nellie. It's hot in her. Okay, I'll do a Q&A. Dear Lucia, <laughs> I have known this person for a year now. He's very caring, loving, understanding. We're both 27. The problem 
has to do with commitment. Yeah, what else is new? Earlier, he told me his father is not agreeing and that he is trying. I nagged him once or twice, tried 10 times, then realized that it further complicates things. He even got angry and said, you are most welcome to do whatever you like. Now, for the last two months, I'm not saying anything other and once in a while, I say, please try and talk to your father. At times, he just keeps quiet and says nothing. Other times, he says, everything will be fine. We do have a great future. It's really hurting me. It's really hurting for me as I don't know what to do. I want things to work out. Please tell me what to do. And my answer to that is, you know, I've never understood this concept of nagging someone to do what they don't want to do. It doesn't work. And obviously, it especially doesn't work when it comes to something serious like marriage. I mean, why would you want to be married to someone who isn't dying to be married to you, right? So he's already made his feelings known, and it's probably still too early to be discussing marriage. You need to either wait another year and see where things are at that point, or leave now. But whatever you do, you got to stop nagging. So that is my email for this week, and it is now time to say goodbye. M-I-C-K-E-Y. <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed uh, today's show. Today's guest, Patty Contenta at SensualitySecrets.com. Have a great week. I'll have more great guests next week. And remember, love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, only on BBS Talk Radio. Yeah.